Um, then we'll move to um, the end of James's letter, which really um, starts to detail what asking God or what praying in faith may look like. And it says this. So James 5, um, I'm just focusing really tonight on 13 to 18. It says, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. So, in this passage, prayer is mentioned a lot. <laughs> um, and something when I was looking back, um, looking at the, I guess, Greek translation of a lot of these words... Um, Something I found super interesting is that there's three different um, Greek words for prayer that are mentioned in, in this passage. Um, so two of them, which are only mentioned once each, are talking about like this petitioning God or um, out of a recognising of a need or a lack, um, asking, asking God. And I think that's probably often the, the thought of prayer that I have anyway. Um, and then there's this other word for prayer, which is actually the one that's dominantly referenced. Um, it's mentioned five times in this passage. Um, and the Greek word is prosukomai, um, which talks about this exchange. Um, it's not this one-way thing um, or a passive thing, but it's the spending time, this exchange um, of human desires, our desires, our wishes, um, with God's desires and wishes. Um, yeah, this this definition really dominates this verse. And so um, I guess that's kind of the tangent we're going to take tonight. Um, there's a lot in here. Could have gone down a million rabbit holes. Um, <laughs> man, my mind just goes wild eh, when I'm preparing. But we're just going to stick with this one. Um, <laughs> and... Um, yeah, I guess this one intrigued me the most because something about it like caught me that in this exchange, this meeting with um, the divine that allows us to share all that we are um, and simultaneously transforms that as well. Um, so yeah, that leads me to gonna have like two kind of main parts, and the first one um, that I'd like to offer is prayer as communion with God. Um, yeah, so I guess if we think about prayer as, <coughs> as this beautiful exchange that is mentioned about, um, that allows us to share our hearts, um, our wishes, all, all that we are with God, and then for us to, to know the heart of God, um, made me think about this exchange or this, this sharing. Um, which made me think about the similarities between prayer and communion. Um, 
yeah, communion is the sacrament that a lot of us partake in weekly, um, where we encounter physically God's body and spirit that is constantly bringing together that which is separate. Communion is the symbolic and physical embodiment of God meeting us, of Christ's body broken to be shared, and of anyone who partakes receiving life and transformation, um, connecting us to and bringing us into intimacy with God and our neighbour. Just as in communion we receive Christ's body and blood and are remembered, we're put back together inwardly and as a body, um, so to in prayer. As we receive and share, we come into communion with God through God's Holy Spirit. And I think it um, really takes courage to commune with God. If this is what James is talking about, that it's not just this petitioning, um, but it's this communion, this sharing, this exchange, I think that um, that communing really takes a lot of courage because communion with God um, changes everything. Um, it changes everything because it challenges the very centre of our being. It challenges us to be seen wholly and fully. It challenges us to be open to being interrupted by God. It challenges us and invites us to acknowledge our need and to trust in God's promise of life. I don't know about you guys, but so often um, I would rather just stick with my plans. <laughs> like, come on, God, I thought I was going to go this way, and uh, for whatever reason, this. Yeah, and I think it's, it's really inconvenient <laughs> to, to have a posture towards God of humility. Um, it's inconvenient to have a posture towards God of adaptability when we have our plans in place. Um, it's inconvenient to have a posture towards God of trust when sometimes... Even if we want to move, it's so much easier to stay in the comfort of, of fear because, it's le it, because at least, I guess, it's known. Um, it's inconvenient to have a posture towards God of surrender um, and it's inconvenient to have a posture of dependence, um, especially when we live in a world that just so um, bolsters up um, and promotes our, our independence. Um, yeah, prayer is inconvenient to the plans that we create to our independence and to our pride. Um, I often liken communing with God, um, or picture it anyway, um, as, as hands. Um, I think about the different postures that um, you can have between having like closed fists or, or open hands. Um, yeah, with closed fists, for me personally, I, <clears throat> I think of it as, I guess, not surrendering 
my grip um, of whatever um, out of fear of what I may lose um, or have to give up, um, have to co stop controlling if I open my hands. Um, but with yeah, open hands, I, I see this as a um, position of humility and trust where even though often I desperately, desperately want to, um, I'm not trying to take control, um, but yeah, I'm open to God's leading, God's guidance, and for God's guidance, promptings, and desires to become my own. Yeah, and so in that way, um, I think James gives us beautiful insight into prayer being an exchange, an opening up, a letting go, a dying to self, to commune with and live in Christ. Prayer is this courage to commune with God, knowing that it will transform us. Um, yeah, I'm really... Yeah, speaking, I was talking to Elio about this um, earlier in the week, is that speaking for me is like a real test on my integrity. Like, ugh, do I actually do this? Um, and so I guess I can say that I'm like, man, in no way is this me coming like as an expert, but this is just some ponderings and um, me trying to figure this out as we figure this out together. Um, yeah, and I guess personally I'm trying to step into that courage of um, learning what it means to live with open hands. Um, to have the courage to commune with God, um, even when open hands feels exposed or scary. Um, we read throughout scripture and see through Jesus' life that this is what God longs for for everyone and everything to be in communion with God because there in communion with God there is death of self and all those things but there in communion with God is also resurrection life mm -hmm. and it's this that is worth having courage for resurrection life not just for me or for you um, but for the world to be remembered and brought into unity with our Creator and with all that presides here. And yeah, that leads into this second kind of main part, um, <laughs> um, which is we can do nothing aside from God. The call is to abide. Um, and Thinking about this um, over the last couple of weeks, the passage that's come to mind um, has been John 15, um, where Jesus is yarning to his disciples about um, a whole bunch of things. And then it gets to um, John 15, and I'm just going to read out some of the verses because I think it has some nuggets of gold that weave into this. Um, yeah, so the message translation put, puts it like this. I am the real vine, and my father is the farmer. 
He cuts off every branch of me that doesn't bear grapes. And every branch that is grape-bearing, he prunes back so that it will bear even more. You are already pruned back by the message I have spoken. Live in me, make your home in me just as I do in you. In the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine. You can't bear fruit unless you are joined with me. I am the vine, you are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relation intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood, gathered up and thrown on the bonfire. But if you make yourselves at home with me and my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. This is how my father shows who he is when you produce grapes, when you mature as my disciples. So I think um, when I was reading over this, two interesting things that I think kind of relate back to, um, I guess, some of the themes in James. The first one is that Jesus is talking a lot about fruit and grapes, and that those as being (laughs) um, symbols of deeds and actions, and that they're really important thing. Um, Then this other thing that I found interesting was Jesus references um, a similar type of prayer um, when he talks about you, whatever you ask, um, as is mentioned in James' letter. Um, Not the exchange type of prayer, but the petitioning, um, recognising our need type of prayer. Um, I think these two things are really important to note. Um, because of the context in which they're stressed and mentioned in. Um, This context that they're talked about in is one in which Jesus is the vine and we, as Jesus' disciples, are the branches. Um, The message translation says, live in, make your home in me. Um, Other translations use the word abide, um, which simply means um, remaining in um, and acting in accordance with. I think that this part is this beautiful culmination of, um, I guess, the major theme over James's letter around knowing the truth and having skill in living it. I, I believe that Jesus here is really encouraging and um, that with all that we are, our, our deeds, our petitioning prayer, our waking up, our going to bed, um, everything in life is all to be situated within the context of abiding and communing with God. Jesus said that we can't bear fruit Aside from the vine, from the vine, um, and I think that that is this beautiful um, link with James's letter, um, summing up this call to live a oh, live a wise life. I think um, James was suggesting that prayer, um, this communing with God, this abiding with God. 
um, is foundational to wisdom. Um, it's this thread, this glue that connects and runs through um, faith and deeds because it's this practice of sharing, um, exchanging and communing with God that everything else stems from. Communing and abiding, spending time with, seeking God is essential to any of the rest of this life moulded and shaped by God's wisdom. It's within this context um, that everything else is to be done. Yeah, so that's, that's kind of where I'm going to wrap up with for now. Um, potentially, Ty, guys. Um, yeah, I guess... Um, and thinking about tonight um, and... Yeah, praying about it. Um, my my prayer and my longing um, is that all of us here, collectively and individually, would um, posture ourselves with open hands tonight. Um, that we would really respond to this invitation that God, our Creator, is inviting us to commune. Um, I think that's something pretty powerful that yeah we're invited to commune and to share and to exchange with the living God um, 